With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an explanation blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am Will Chase, joined tonight by Eric Seeds. How's it going, Seeds? What's up, Will? How's things going? Uh, things are going. I can't really complain, just it's Monday, you know, or Tuesday, I guess now, but you know. Today was, it was very much a Monday today. It Today felt so Monday. Yeah, I feel that too. I It was kind of a slow Monday, but it felt like a Monday, so. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. I guess it's summer, so it's something or almost summer. But anyway, so talking about the summer, it's the Blue Jackets off season, obviously. But uh, so starting off with some uh, obviously bad news, which was the Max Domi injury that we learned about last week. He had the same injury, a labral tear that Gustav Nyquist had. So it looks like Domi will be out five to well. Five to six months from now, so probably be back November, maybe December. We'll see. But uh, same injury as Nyquist. Already had a successful su- uh, surgery, and it's the, it's the opposite shoulder So from what Nyquist had. So, uh, you know, when I saw this, I thought, you know, was he trying to – I mean, I don't know details, but was he trying to play hurt? Why would you do that in a lost season? Maybe he didn't realize the injury he had was severe. I don't even know when the injury occurred. But uh, just another player that the Blue Jackets will be out without for at least the beginning of the next season. Yeah, would it be a Columbus Blue Jackets season if uh, we didn't have guys uh, taking a month to have off you know, necessary off-season shoulder surgery? Like, it seems like that's becoming a regular occurrence. Warinsky had it, uh, Nyquist had it, uh, now uh, Max Domi has it. It's getting to the point that it's an epidemic. Like, I don't hear a lot of other teams having shoulder injury issues. I'm starting to wonder if it's like a conditioning thing or what's going on here. But um, 
this is this is to me it's one more reason in the blue jackets need to just this next season is not going to be a reload because you're out max domi who's going to who for all the reasons you know it's it sucks that domi is hurt it sucks that he's not going to be able to bounce back in his contract year and try and play himself out of whatever god-awful slump he was in last year we obviously don't know when exactly domi got hurt we don't know if he was playing through it for a lot of the year for some of the year but regardless it's one more offensively talented forward that this team is going to be without as they head into next year in a season where they're losing seth jones and potentially other people it's Next season is not going to be pretty, and I don't. And for all the talk of this team should reload, if they can find a way to get something for Seth Jones, they can reload. I just don't see a way this team is remotely competitive with teams contending for the cup, and and I don't think reloading and being an eighth seed and then getting bounced by Carolina or Boston or Tampa is worth it to me. I just. You know, Max Domi can take all the time he wants to heal. I hope he does. And when he comes back, he plays like his hair is on fire. But I just don't think it's going to be in the service of this team being any good next year. I don't think this is going to be a good hockey club next year. I don't think they should try to be a good hockey club next year. I think they should try and get as much as they can in the NHL draft and accumulate as much draft capital in a loaded 2022 draft and go from there. I I wish Domi the best in recovery. I again wonder why they waited a month after the season to have surgery that just doesn't seem to make sense to me but i sincerely hope domi comes back and plays well for us and he has some value going into his next contract negotiation we know the team is probably not going to be very good next year so it almost i mean yeah it almost doesn't even matter if domi misses the first month really except for the fact that maybe he plays really well out of the gate maybe he's trade bait whatever i don't know but one more, it's one more top six forward that we're going to be without. So Yeah, the team will be bad probably either way, but they could only be better, hopefully, with a guy like Domi at full strength. So hopefully he's back. If he's back by November or December, you know, that's most of the season. And we'll see. Of course, we'll see how he how he performs coming off of, you know, no real training camp or preseason or all that. But yeah, hopefully he comes back. And yeah, I was wondering the same thing about the injury too. I don't really let you know the details. I don't know if he just didn't say anything right away. If I don't know what what the details behind that were. So hopefully he will be on the fast track to recovery. So our second topic was kind of interesting, but uh, after Brian Hedger put out a thread last week on Twitter, kind of about the Blue Jackets marketing woes, and you know he he kind of reiterated I think what a lot of our fan base has already echoed or thought aloud themselves. So and I think it's good to see the media put this out there because we know that the Blue Jackets have a marketing issue and they are the least probably the least talked about team in the NHL. And you could say with good reason in some ways because the team hasn't really accomplished anything in 20 years. But with that said, there's a lot that could still be, you know, talked about. Whether in the past it was guys like like he mentioned in his thread, the team is barely talked about unless there's drama like you know Artemi Panarin, Pierre Luc Dubois, different guys that are going to leave or Tortorella drama or. Or even when Tortorella was banging the drum for why Seth Jones was a like a Norris candidate back in the past, you would barely hear about Columbus nationally. We know the Blue Jackets front office or their or their marketing rather could be a lot better. There's just a lot of things that this team could do differently 
I think, improve their image, uh, which could go a long way in terms of the direction of the franchise on the ice. But Seeds, I know you've had these thoughts before. I'm going to let you take over. Uh, I, I thought it was good, though, to see him put that out there, to see the me And just like the Portsline article about a month or so ago, the unanimous Blue Jackets players talking about, or former Blue Jackets players talking about, just kind of the reality of where the team kind of is on the map of the NHL. I think it's good that these articles and tweets are being put out there because maybe the front office and marketing will actually start to improve in some way going forward. Right. It was nice to read that Hedger thread the other day. For all the stuff that we give the Ottawa Senators for being terrible or the Buffalo Sabres for being terrible, they are bad in ways that generate headlines. They are in the media. The Blue Jackets are not only bad generally in the landscape of the NHL, and there is no way getting around the team with the fewest playoff series wins in NHL history is bad. They're bad in forgettable ways. This team, this team is for the first decade is was an also ran. They, you know, they they made the playoffs one time in their first decade and promptly got swept away by the Detroit Red Wings. The last decade, they've made the playoffs a handful of times, all but one of them as a wild card, and all but one of them they were first round exits. They lost to. Pittsburgh, they lost to Washington, they lost to Tampa, they beat Tampa one time, but then they got promptly pushed aside by Boston en route to Boston, forcing Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. The team, the Blue Jackets are just forgettable. They've never been truly bad enough to draft elite talent. They tend to go on meaningless runs down the stretch with all the pressure off, play themselves out of high draft pick contention, and when all the when the front office decides to promote this as we we're, we're building on something for next year how many times did we then see the team fall flat on their face next year and be out of contention for the Stanley Cup playoffs by Thanksgiving and then just repeat that cycle of winning meaningless games missing out on elite talent i mean they had a chance to be in the Austin Matthews lottery and fell out of the wayside the highest draft pick this team has ever earned was in the Nail Yakupov Ryan Murray draft which just doesn't matter now granted this team has no has extremely little on ice success to show for what they've done in 20 years they have one 100 point season they have one season where they were not a wild card team it's just it's frankly not good enough on the ice what is irritating is that this team has not done themselves any favors in the marketing department around the city. You see the Columbus crew who are opening a new stadium in a few weeks. There's there's a giant banner of the crew with Jossie Zardes and Lucas Celereon hanging over the Jenny's ice cream at Easton. Is that the end all be all no but it's something it's more than you've seen the blue jackets do in the last five years i haven't seen any marketing around the city outside of the doors of nationwide arena that lets you know that yeah this team is something you know they might they might when the when they make the playoffs they hang a little banner on some light posts downtown but that doesn't do anything that's not this team doesn't go out of their way to market their players they have since the since Rick Nash was traded as the captain, they have long feared marketing players because players could leave at any time, and it's just and per- they do and it, right. And, but it's just perpetuated this cycle of one player after another leaves and doesn't and isn't taking part in you know local media campaigns. They're not you know 
seen as faces. They're not, their voices aren't being heard on the radio. They're not, you know, during ad hits on 97.9 or whatever radio station. You just, you don't hear from these guys. There is almost no outreach outside of your already hockey fans to bring more local casuals into this organization and to bring more people into cheering for this team outside of the playoff run that they had a few years ago when they kind of took over the town for a week. Outside of that, this team isn't doing any hard outreach or any communications or any advertising to try and you know reach people or goose local tv numbers or anything like that and it's it's so simple for them to do just easy things like you couldn't have a buddy comedy commercial with jones and warinsky when both of them were here how this team has managed to go two years without tapping into a big personality like elvis merzlikens just blows my brain there are so many opportunities for this team to do something beyond what they're doing. You have to have elite talent in this league to win, and this team has never had it. The Blue Jackets have never had enough talent to compete, truly compete. Like If you, if you watch that Vegas-Colorado series and then watch a Columbus Blue Jackets game, it's like you're watching an entirely different sport. Vegas and Colorado tied for the President's Trophy this year, and Colorado won it on the tiebreaker regulation wins. But if you watch that series, the Columbus Blue Jackets are like, you you could add Jack Eichel to, and keep Seth Jones and add another goal scorer to this roster. And the Blue Jackets still can't keep up. Like this team does not fundamentally have the talent to compete. And does that hurt in marketing? Sure. But you are not doing yourself any favors when you are not, when, when you're marketing Jody Shelley and John Tortorella, instead of Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski and Elvis Merzlikens, the guys who are young and are the personalities and are the faces of the franchise. That's not like you're not doing yourself any favors. And that hurts that eventually hurts you long term. And that help, that hurts the perception of why these guys are not known locally, which is why they're not known nationally, which is why they then want to leave. It is a perpetuating cycle that you eventually need to break. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully, uh, the front office is actually going to figure out 
well, the marketing, but the organization as a whole, hopefully they're going to find something soon and how to fix that. And I was just seeing that just the other day, Hedger actually has an article on this very topic talking with John Davidson about his intent to make Columbus a desirable option for players, you know, going forward to change that exact issue that we've seen in which, you know, it's players don't want to stay here. And why does, why does nobody want to go to Columbus? And I mean, we know it's not going to be easy, but if they can at least start to address this problem, that's the start. My biggest issue with this entire organization's marketing plan and strategy is that they are so committed to this. We want guys who want to be blue jackets. We want guys who want to be in this city and love this city. And no one is bigger than the team. And I'm sorry, but if you look at the landscape of sports right now, that is just simply not the case. Some guys are bigger than the rest of the team, and you need to recognize that. It drives me nuts. Like, like, are you gonna just are you gonna walk up to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and say you're not bigger than the Packers? You're not bigger than I don't know. And I'm bigger than the third string fullback on that roster. Like that's just not how it works. A guy like a guy like Elvis with a huge personality should be marketed as such. A guy like Zach Wierenski, who has multiple top ten Norris finishes, or a guy like Seth Jones, who finished fourth in Norris voting in seventeen eighteen, should be marketed as a huge star. They should be given this. Like people in Ohio, people in the city of Columbus are rabid fans of Ohio State. But under no circumstances should I know more about the the kid who's coming in who's going to be a senior in high school this year and has committed to Ohio State. Should I, under no circumstances, should casual fa- sports fans in the city of Columbus know more about Quinn Ewers than they do about Seth Jones or Elvis Merzlikens? That is a... That is an absolute failure on the part of this organization. And that is what drives me so nuts is that you have guys who are extremely talented, multiple time all-stars, multiple, you know, you guys you had a guy who was a Calder finalist who has this huge personality, who loves it here, who has very much embraced being here once he came over from Latvia. And you are just not engaging with that. And it drives me so nuts to see that you are not taking advantage of that like it's hard being in a college town to break through like it'd be hard if you were in if this was the Tuscaloosa Blue Jackets to break through the Nick Saban aura it's hard to break through the Ohio State stranglehold that they've had on this town but somehow the Blue Jackets or the uh, Columbus crew have managed to do it and the Columbus just the Blue Jackets fall flat on their face every way they can we are going to the home opener at New Crew Stadium in a few weeks. And one of the things that I'm most excited to see is that the I cannot believe I'm going to praise the Haslams, but I'm praising the Haslams because they have somehow figured out through local marketing and partnerships how to embrace the city. They you know they've got they got partnerships with a couple beloved local diners that are going to have spots in the new stadium. They've got partnerships with local breweries and local uh, dining options. The Blue Jackets have Tim Hortons and Bob Evans in the store. 
in or in the arena and like and your pizza place is famous your pizza agreement is famous for being detroit style pizza like i'm not gonna complain about jets but it's just like how are you how are you so bad at this how are you so bad at engaging with local fans i don't well i don't know how much you followed the save the crew thing did you follow that at all yeah a little bit yeah i saw it on twitter and social media mainly could you imagine if the Blue Jackets said they were leaving? Like, could you imagine a Save the Blue Jackets thing happening? Because I can't. Like, uh, there was this maybe. There, there was this huge organized grassroots movement from the Columbus Crew fans literally that night. And I don't think the Blue Jackets fans are... I don't think the majority of Blue Jackets fans are that deeply engaged and don't have that deep, those deep local ties to this... The Blue Jackets have not done enough to foster local ties to promote local engagement and local partnerships. And I think that's what's ultimately hurting them marketing wise. It's it hurts them keeping players here. It hurts them. There is something fundamentally broken in this front office. And I have spent years racking my brain trying to figure out what it is. And I'm just I don't know what to do at this point. Do you? No, I don't. Well, maybe John Davidson is actually going to maybe they're actually going to look at this and start to invest in sponsorships more or invest in the marketing aspect of things more. I mean, right, the way I look at it right now, this team basically needs to rebuild and by doing that just gut the whole thing and do everything over or do it better. You know, this is your opportunity now. This is your opportunity now to fix not just what's on the ice, but everything around the ice, everything around the outside of the organization. Right. I, I would respect this organization so much if they just came out and said, if they, if they kind of did a Rangers thing from a few years ago and said, look, we're going to be crap the next couple of years. We're, we're going to suck. It's it, we, we need you to... Endure it with us and be patient with us. But what we are committing to you is we are going to redouble our efforts to invest locally in local partnerships. We are going to redouble our efforts to find, acquire, and most importantly, retain the high-end talent required to win Stanley Cubs, be that through trades or via the draft. Because signing free agents clearly doesn't work, and trading for players who are on the verge of unrestricted free agency does not work. I want this organization to come out and say, we are committing to taking the hard steps that it requires to bring in talent. And we are we as an organization are committing to taking a hard look at ourselves internally at what it would take to reinvest in local partnerships and invest in local invest in the community to make sure this to grow this fan base and grow our local footprint beyond the borders of the arena district. Because something Something needs to be done to grow the community and grow the fan base and grow the footprint of this team. And it just, this is a perfect, like, like you said, Will, you said it exactly correctly. This is a perfect opportunity to do it. If you commit to rebuilding, not only can you rebuild on the ice, but you can also rebuild off the ice and in the community and that you know it might t- it might take 3 4 years of suck and it it'll be not it won't be f- like i i'll be totally honest i i will not enjoy a night to night basis recapping a team that is losing but if it helps the franchise in the long term it would in fact be worth it 
and the contract status of JD and Yarmo being extended for four to five seasons, I hope gives them the leeway and the stomach to do what is necessary. It's time to uh, basically pull a Theo Epstein, be transparent, say we're going to suck, but we're going to fix this. Of course, to actually fix it, they have to actually know what they're doing and have an actual plan in place going forward mm-hmm. to actually yeah. be able to fix yeah. this. If, the, if Theo Epstein can fix the Cubs, I'm pretty sure the Blue Jackets are not beyond saving. Maybe they need Theo Epstein to fix the Blue Jackets. But yeah, I mean, this is definitely the chance, the opportunity. I think that's the main thing. Not just fixing the team on the ice, but fixing the team, the organization from top to bottom or, you know, all the way around. And John Davidson's here to fix it. And he's not the only person, but he's an integral piece. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how this team, this organization, this franchise gets back on track. You're about to have Seattle enter the league and they're going to lap you by default because it's year one. You know they're going to have a lot of attention. But if Seattle does what Vegas does, and I don't even mean going to the final, but just being a good, a good team out of the gate, that's another team I'll ask right. you already. And, 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 Flor- and the Florida Panthers passed us this year. You know, the, the Blue Jackets are so imminently forgettable in this league, and it's just, it's just frustrating yeah, to watch. They're irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. They are the worst. They are ba- the jacket. The Blue Jackets are basically the Sacramento Kings of the. NHL and that they're forgettable. They have they lack high end talent and they don't and they just don't they don't matter in the grand scheme of things. They're they're famous for they're for making bad draft picks. Like the blue like the Kings took Marvin Bagley one pick before Luka Doncic went and the Blue Jackets took Jobert Brule two picks before Andre Kopitar. Like this is an opportunity for a serious course correction for the Blue Jackets and it starts right now with the head coaching interviews. And hmm. they have to nail that hire and they have to well, nail every move this summer. Well, we're not going to get into it too deeply, but I have to mention this since you brought that up. So according to oh, believe me, believe me, believe me, Will, I set this up on a tee and I'm hoping you smack at 400 feet. So I might have to keep that in there now. So I saw this from Dale in our Slack channel, but from the athletic hockey podcast today or on Monday, I guess. Uh, basically, it sounds like John Tortorella told the front office that Larson should be the next head coach. And the way I look at it is if they hire Larson, that to me implies a couple of things. Either they're trying to be cheap, but also maybe more so the fact that, okay, if they hire Larson, then it's kind of like, okay, we're not trying to contend right away. We know we're going to be bad. We know we have to rebuild. He would be a cheap hire until we're hopefully ready to contend in a few years. You kind of see that in baseball. The Cubs, again, did did that before they got to Joe Madden. They were kind of hiring guys, and they were okay, but they were set up to fail, basically. So I hope Larson is not the next coach, but if they do that, that to me means, okay, he's the coach. The team will be bad. Maybe they'll be bad anyway with any coach, but... Maybe it's like they don't want to sink dollars into a head coach right now knowing that the team wouldn't be any good. But I just hope that even if they do have a bad coach, that they're still going to accomplish something in the short term. Development, and hopefully they have a plan in place for when they actually are ready to contend. See, my problem my problem with the the Brad Larson interview and that, that news that came out that he – 
Tortorella requested or said that he should be the next head coach is I think they're just being cheap if they, if they do that. It's either being cheap or if you if you hire Brad Larson, you are either doing you're doing one of two things. You are either taking the cheap route out to keep expenses down because Brad Larson would be a cheap option and he's familiar with the organization and he can probably be had on a discount or you're fundamentally missing what the issue in this organization is. The problem with this organization is they have had too much of this similar thinking of we, we need guys who are blue jackets and we need this, we need this blue jackets identity and we need this and we need blue jackets and hiring Brad Larson doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't, it doesn't help you do anything. What forwards have we seen progress in the last four years being a Blue Jacket for the last 20 years has meant lose, losing 60% of your games and not and being a wildcard team in, in your best season. It's If you hire Brad Larson, you might say, yeah, he, he's going to develop guys. Well, Brad Larson's been in charge of the power play in the forwards for the last five years. How many of those have we seen improve during his tenure here? I mean, Bjorkstrand, Bjorkstrand developed into a pretty good... He's a top six, He'd be a top six guy, but I mean... Outside of him. I just think it's either they're being cheap or they're being cheap, but it's because they know they're not going to be good. But again, we got to see some kind of small victory like development or like you just said, they better have a good assistant staff in there or the best assistant coaches to help develop. Right. I, right. If, if, if you were hiring Brad Larson, but then you hired the best assistant coaches in the NHL to develop your guys. Sure. Get out there and lose because I don't trust Brad Larson's game management. But if you're going to be bad in this organization, mark my words, the next couple of years is going to be bad on the ice. I want to see them hire a coach committed to developing the players who are going to be your core going forward. I want to see someone brought in who is going to work with Chinikov, work with Texier, work with whatever you get for Seth Jones, work with whatever you get for Zach Wierenski if and when he is traded, and work to develop the future of this roster. That way, when the time comes in three, four years, when this team is ready to start its ascendance, hopefully out of the NHL gutter, they have experience, they have had playing time, they have played through mistakes rather than being nailed to the bench for them. And they are able to use their experience and knowledge to succeed where past Blue Jackets teams have failed. Real fast before we close, playoff hockey is happening. Now these games are going to be over, of course, by the time people are listening, but it's Monday night. These games are happening Islanders are up 3-2 over the Bruins, and the winner of that game will take a 3-2 lead of the series, and the Canadians can sweep the Jets tonight. So I'm just going to ask you, who wins either game tonight? Uh, I'm guessing the Islanders win, and Montreal finishes off the Canadians. I'm going to use this time instead to talk about how the Colorado Avalanche are god-awful right (laughs) now. Uh, (laughs) For those of you who... They should be up 3-1 because they blew the two games ago. Game four, three. I since I, I recommended it last week, but seriously, anyone who's not watching this series, dude, go do it. This this is the most fast paced. Like I had a thought yesterday during Game Four, watching this game of, I don't know if Colorado can keep up with Vegas. 
And that is an insane thought to me because Colorado is this fast team that plays fast and plays smart and is always looking for options. And they are, they, they have the most goals scored from scored within 10 seconds when the puck was behind their own net all season. And Colorado is getting blown off the ice by the Vegas Golden Knights. Like it is insane. This series has been high. And, and like, Philip Grubauer is is struggling in this series. He he took a five one loss last night and has a nine thirty save percentage for those playoffs. Like with with two with two point two goals against, like that is absurd. The like Grubauer is hold is the glue holding the Avalanche together. The the McKinnon Landis Cog Ranton line has absolutely gone invisible since they left Denver. So I'm really interested to see what happens when they go back to Denver Tuesday night. Home team is and, dominated, yeah. Right, and the the the, the Avalanche are 21 0 and one there in their last 22 games, and have and so I'm really interested to see what happens when the Avalanche have last change. We should hear from the independent arbitrator about possibly reducing the cadre suspension soon so yeah so that is based i mean that series is has been everything it has been advertised i highly recommend people watch it tomorrow night 9 p.m nbc sports tampa bay carolina who wins tampa uh kucherov has 17 points in 10 games i think you're right i think the lightning are too much for carolina as a as displayed over the weekend it was like an eight goal second period between both teams i want to give a shout out to the u.s men's national team for beating mexico in the Concacaf nations league final christian pulisic scored the winner ethan horvath came in in uh like the 65th minute due to injury to starting goalkeeper Zach Steffen saved two massive shots in regulation and saved a penalty from Mexico in stoppage time to earn the U.S. the win. So the United States beat Mexico in a cup final. They will play twice more this year, possibly once in Columbus, Ohio. So shout out to the U.S. men's national team for beating arch rival Mexico. That's going to do it for us this week. Follow us at CBJ Cannon on Twitter and Facebook at JacketsCannon.com. And we will catch you all next week. Subscribe to the Cannon Cast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating. And as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to JacketsCannon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us. And follow us on Twitter at CBJ Cannon. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley and the Howlin' Moons. Check out AngelaPerley.com for more music and show dates.